0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Filato, joined, as always, by Chris Flum. And it's Sunday, August 6th. All of the open practices for the New York Giants have concluded, and the Giants are preparing to travel to Detroit and practice the Detroit Lions, Dan Campbell. It's going to be a, a pretty fun practice if, if, I, uh, if, if I'm if a betting man, Dan, because there's a lot of personalities involved, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how that all transpires. Before we get into some of the talking points that we want to bring up, how you doing, Chris?
2: Yeah, I am doing well, yeah. that we've had kind of an interesting week of practice. I think, like you said, next week is going to be very interesting because we've got those inner squad practices with the Lions and then preseason football on Friday night.
1: Preseason football on Friday night. I cannot believe it is already here. And I wanted to broach one topic with you, Chris, before we get into some of the notable actions, events, what have you, from training camp, from padded practice. And that is, to to me, it seems like Joe Shane and Brian Dable, the New York Giants, they are a little bit more health conscious than teams in the past with the New York Giants. In terms of allocating rest days to veterans and, and giving a lot of guys just padded practice days off who may have had injury issues. In their past and you think about what they're doing with Leonard Williams and they're giving him consecutive rest days. You want Leonard Williams to be healthy when the season rolls around. So let's not tax him by putting him out there and possibly re injuring that neck. And you also just think about some of the comments Joe Shane has made this offseason when he traded for Darren Waller. One of the primary reasons he said that he felt comfortable trading for a player who has suffered with a lot of soft tissue injuries is the fact that the Giants strength and training department had the soft tissue injury rate down by 200% last year. And it just made me think this is one way that regardless of talent, the Giants can find a way to gain an edge against the 31 other teams if they're very smart about their approach in terms of strength and conditioning. And I want to just just get your thoughts on that. What do you think, Chris?
2: Yeah, that is, I think, one of the areas, one of the areas of opportunity that teams can exploit to get edges over one another. You know, we have seen in the past entire position groups wiped out by injury and football is a violent sport. We we know this. We understand this. Guys are going to get hurt, but you can try to limit the exposure to injury. Uh, Give guys a chance, like rest days, to recover so they aren't getting too beat up, too fatigued, too early in the season. And especially guys like Leonard Williams, Darren Waller, they're they're veterans. They know what they're doing out there. And by the end of the year, we do tend to see the teams that are the healthiest being the ones who are most relevant. In the postseason now yeah a couple years ago you had the kansas city chiefs have their entire offensive line wiped out by injury and they still you know made a good postseason run but that's also the chiefs they've got pat mahomes that's we'll just set them aside for a minute yeah if the giants can stay healthy if they can avoid those big injury rashes there, there's going to be attrition over the course of the year, but if they can avoid the the big hits, having a, a whole position group wiped out or have multiple starters go down, that will absolutely bode well for them come that stretch run in you know, late November, December, when the hits just start to hurt that much more. And you, you don't ever really get warm out there. Yeah. I do also think that, the Giants paying particular attention to, to rest, recovery, to injury management in this camp is a little bit of a tacit acknowledgement that they're taking chances or they have taken some chances on guys who have those injury histories. They talked about Darren Waller, Paris Campbell. It looks like he's going to be playing a big role in this offense. He has had injury histories has an injury history. Saquon Barkley, just like Sterling Shepard, just kind of everywhere you turn, there's guys who have dealt with multiple pretty significant injuries. And the Giants just have to keep those guys on the field if they want to be playing their best.
1: They need to, it's going to be essential for this team. And I think that Joe Shane and Brian Dable and just the overall staff, the Giants have a very large staff i think they acknowledge this and while practice is very important and the giants do practice on monday i think it's going to be something small a walkthrough. sunday today they do not practice but they are practicing i believe before they take off to detroit but you have to keep your guys fresh and speaking on that to transition to segue if you will Evan Neal is right now in the concussion protocol. We'll have to just wait and see when he gets activated. Obviously not a a great start. You don't want your right tackle who had a little bit of a rocky year last year to start his season off in the concussion protocol. But for all we know right now, he could play on Friday. We just got to kind of wait and see. Defensive tackle Ryder Anderson is out a couple weeks with a tricep injury. JC Hassenauer is out for the entire season. We're not certain if he was going to make the team, the backup center, with the triceps injury as well. And it's just Leonard Williams and players like Aziz Ojalari have just been getting consecutive days off to keep them fresh. Also, wide receiver, special teamer Jeff Smith was waived with an injury designation. The Giants signed nose tackle, defensive lineman Donovan Jeter out of the University of Michigan, a D Jeter from Michigan, now in the New <laughs> Jersey area. Pretty funny, right there. But. You have any thoughts on, on on those injuries? I know that the big one that really kind of pops out is Evan Neal. And and one more thing, it was reported that Darren Waller dislocated his finger two practices ago, but he was out there the next practice catching passes, looking fine. So, Chris, what are your thoughts on on that roundup?
2: Yeah, I'd say the the ones that really stand out to me are Evan Neal because the Giants want him to get as many reps as just as much practice time as he can because one of the reasons why, at least. In my opinion i think yours as well why evan neal didn't kind of develop as much as we had hoped over the course of his rookie season was because it got interrupted yet he had that injury in the middle of the year that took him off the field he wasn't getting those valuable reps in practice obviously in games but yeah it just his development got interrupted, and this is another interruption. Now, hopefully, it, this isn't the type of concussion that lasts. Uh, yeah, you know, just in the regional news, you had uh Anthony Rizzo with the Yankees. He has apparently been dealing with a concussion for about the last two months and, fi- and was finally put on the IL. The Yankees finally recognize that something was wrong it wasn't just a slump and you know hopefully Evan Neal being moved over into the concussion protocol right away he'll be able to get past the concussion get healthy and get back on track with his development the other one that kind of jumps out at me is is Aziz Ojolari, getting consecutive rest days yeah he struggled with lower body injuries last year. He had, I believe it was a calf and then he had a quad injury and then an ankle injury. And, you know, we have seen it when those lower body injuries start to pile up, particularly for a guy who he had a knee injury coming out of high school, there was an injury red flag on him in the draft. That's why he dropped as far as he did. Yeah. That is a concern to me. I, I, At the very least, something to monitor, to keep an eye on. I think the Giants definitely want him to stay healthy and be on the field. A, because he and Kayvon Thibodeau just make each other better. They are both better together than either one is individually out there. And also, the Giants' depth at the edge position is not great. So this is just something to monitor Hopefully, he'll be out there for the practices with the Lions and get get his feet wet in the game. And just things will keep moving along there.
1: These Lions practices are going to be interesting because it's going to be Pene Sewell against Kayvon Thibodeau. Little flashback to when they were at Oregon together. I'm sure they know each other pretty well. So there should be some good clips, hopefully, on Twitter floating around of that specific matchup. And in terms of Aziz Ojolari, Do you see Carl Banks, what his prediction for a healthy Aziz Ojolari was?
2: Yeah, uh, 15 sacks that I am. I'm not sure if that's too much or, you know, maybe he could get it. Yeah, I I have been thinking that Thibodeau and Ojolari are kind of like a modern day tuck and O.C. And yeah, I think. Ojolari will be the sack artist out of the two, out of the duo. I'm not sure if I see him, I could easily see him getting double digit sacks if he's able to stay healthy for full, for the full season. 15 seems like a lot, but partly that's just informed by Wink Martindale's scheme where, you know, there's going to be plays where he's dropping back into coverage and a safety is going to be blissing. And so the, even if there's a sack, it, he might not have the opportunity to even get that sack.
1: Aziz right now, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, has 12 sacks in his career. So he would have to double that plus some. I think it's attainable for a player like Aziz but That's like a hundredth percentile type of outcome. But damn, is he talented and explosive? It's just stay healthy, man. And with Kayvon Thibodeau developing, with Dexter Lawrence, with Leonard Williams, offensive lines are going to have to have 1v1 matchups on the outsides quite frequently if you want to contain some of those interior pass rushers, depending on how you set your protections as an offense. But... There's one player on this team who could take advantage of one-on-one matchups on the outside. I know Kayvon can, but Aziz, with that burst and explosiveness, it's going to really threaten the angles of offensive tackles. But let's move on a little bit to some of the things that are going on with the depth chart. Because the name on offense and the name on defense that have really just been kind of the talks and the discussion points of camp, they're both rookies. On offense, it's been Jalen Hyatt. He has developed and he's a better player than a lot of people I'd already expected at least that's what it seems so far just through training camp but the guy's always open and he's creating explosive plays against first team defenses now and it's just something that has caught a lot of our eyes making us very excited because we just did not see that last year and then on defense it's Trey Hawkins the third who has risen from the third team and is getting first team reps which is sliding a Dory Jackson into the slot just for certain personnel packages it's not going to be like that all the time and if it is that's just just an amazing find in the sixth round. I think it's an amazing find in the sixth round that this guy's eating, getting first team snaps already. But he is another player who's having a really good camp. What are your thoughts on those two rookies? And then I want to talk to you about a safety. So, what are your thoughts on Hyatt and Hawkins, the two agents?
2: Yeah, I I have to say I'm not somebody who is surprised by Jalen Hyatt, kind of emerging and showing off the abilities he has as a route runner. I I wrote about this kind of fairly recently. I think anyone who is who was questioning Jalen Hyatt as a route runner coming out of Tennessee was projecting their opinions, their impressions of Tennessee's offense onto him and his skill set. Yet, yes, Tennessee's offense was not complicated. It wasn't a you know Bill Walsh West Coast offense where or a. Kevin Gilbride run and shoot where every route has needs precision timing and has three different options at the, at the peak of the stamina. It was not that, that intricate of an offense. However, what Hyatt did within the structure of that offense to me suggested that he had quality route running skills. He understood the, how to adjust the tempo, of his routes. He wasn't just a one a one speed runner where he just ran out of his shoes on every single route. He made sure to include head fakes, uh kind of stutter steps, the the things to mess with a, with defenders timing and to also ensure that he was on the correct foot when it came time to make his break so he could make a nice qu- nice crisp break to be where he was supposed to be when he was supposed to be there. Yeah, you know, all of those subtle things, those are traits of a good route runner, even if the route itself is simple. So I, I'm not terribly surprised by Jalen Hyatt emerging as he's gotten used to this offense to an expanded route tree. Now, Trey Hawkins, that is another matter entirely. He was impressive on tape. I th- We both noted that after the Giants drafted him, because I don't think either of us really watched a whole hell of a lot of old dominion defense, but it is really impressive for him to be playing with the ones to be moving a Jackson into the slot. And I'm really intrigued to see what happens in Detroit against that Detroit lions offense, which is very impressive and very dangerous. I think It does also kind of say something about Darnay Holmes and Cordell Flott and Aaron Robinson, who is still on the pup list. Yeah, I think if those guys were playing as well as Trey Hawkins, then Hawkins would certainly be getting second team reps. But I don't think he'd be getting first team reps.
1: What's your thought on the... Giants and Brian Dable and Bobby Johnson, probably more specifically tinkering with the offensive line. I think this is and this is something a lot of coaching staffs do, but it's, it's very smart because the offensive line you suffer injuries and it can absolutely tank and ruin your season. If you don't have the depth and the players on your roster to adequate adequately fill it right now. The Giants are ensuring that they have the depth on the roster to at least adequately replace specific positions on the interior offensive line. You even have swing tackles. Working into the left guard spot. Guys like Tyree Phillips, if something were to happen to Ben Bredesen or Josh Azudu, you have the Giants entertaining Ben Bredesen possibly at right guard if Mark Lewinsky ends up losing that job and then Bredesen can play right guard and Azudu can play left guard. They're just finding their best, most capable and competent five to form that unit. And I absolutely love what they're doing. What are your thoughts on it, bro?
2: Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. I think. Part of it is cross-training, getting everybody familiar with everybody else. So, you know, all of their guards are familiar with John Michael Schmitz, and they're familiar with uh, Andrew Thomas, with Evan Neal, or Matt Peart, because apparently Matt Peart has stepped up into the starting right tackle role with Evan Neal on the concussion protocol, which I think that's notable. I was kind of expecting to just kind of slide off the roster, so maybe he is making a push to be a primary backup for this team, which would be great for both him and the giants. And, you know, having Bredesen play all over the interior, yeah, I think that is useful as well. So he gets used to playing next to both of the other guards if he has to. And then the other element of finding your best five. Yeah, I think number one, the giants want to have their best five for 2023. I think ideally they would want to have as many of these young guys, basic, Bredesen, Azudu, John Michael Schmitz, in their starting offensive line as possible, because then they've got a starting five of guys who are all young. I think the oldest might be 25. Among them, that's an offensive line that could stay together for a long, long time. Particularly now that Andrew Thomas is locked up until uh, I don't twenty thirty, <laughs> you know he he's gonna be he's going to be a giant pretty much for the remainder of his career. At this, it seems like at this point, so I, I think the Giants are at least taking a look to see if they can get that process started now, whether or not. Mark Lewinsky loses that right guard job. He's not going to be there next year. So it makes sense to see what they've got.
1: The goal is to actually have an offensive line like the Giants had in the 2000s where you had. A right tackle, a left tackle, but also had interchangeable pieces like David Deal, who did end up playing left tackle for a significant chunk of his <laughs> season, but could also kick inside to guard. You had Richie Soibert. You had Chris Snee, who could be John Michael Schmitz. Kareem McKenzie was brought in on free agency, so that was acquired a little bit differently. Now, the Giants have assembled this offensive line, but the the uh, most, I think, potent point you made there is the youth. It. If Mark Lewinsky doesn't end up starting, and even if he does, you you still have options for the next season. You're talking about one of the youngest offensive line units in the league with a lot of upside and players like Andrew Thomas who are locked down. You would imagine John Michael Schmitz is going to be here for the long run. You would hope. Don't want to put the cart before the horse. Josh Azudu is a player who you just spent a day two selection on. Evan Neal, a top 10 pick. If that unit can click, then you're talking about a fortified offensive line, something the Giants just have not had. We've been playing musical chairs there for so long. And that just gets me pretty excited, Chris. But before we get into some of the what's going on in padded practice and and things that we expect to see or want to see from the dual practice between the Detroit Lions and the New York Giants, take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors here at SB Nation.
0: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
1: As we expected, Chris, the defense started to be a little bit more competitive in padded practice when you have guys like Kayvon Thibodeau, Dexter Lawrence, and, and players like that hitting a little bit more. When the trenches actually started to become trenches where these guys are going to be combating each other, The defense has stepped it up, and I feel like they've moved the needle more towards the middle when it looked like in the beginning of camp the offense was just shredding them. What are some of your thoughts on what's happened over the last couple of padded practices?
2: Yeah, I think things have tightened up quite a bit. You know, we saw, yeah that first week of practice, the offense was basically moving the ball with impunity. Yeah, even the 11 on 11s looked like seven on sevens out there. Receivers were able to get the ball pretty much uncontested. The secondary looked just flat. And I mean that kind of literally a lot of times in those early practices, the, the DBS were just flat footed. They, they almost didn't look like they knew what was going on. Yeah. They were, they looked like they were thinking, not practicing or playing And now pads have gone on We've seen the speed pick up. Guys are able to get more physical. They are able to play more aggressively, and that's having an effect. We're getting reports out of practice of more turnovers being generated by the defense, which is, yeah, that, that's a thing you don't particularly want to hear about your offense, but considering the Giants had some of the, basically the fewest turnovers in the league last year, that's good news for them. You know, we're starting to see the offense maybe get a little bit sloppier now that they're being challenged physically out there. And again, that's not something you want to hear about the offense, but that the defense is able to c- impose and force an opposing offense into making mistakes, into, ha- into having holding penalties on the offensive line, uh, delay of game penalties, uh, overthrows, missed, missed connections, that sort of thing Yeah, that is, I think, very good to see from the defense. Now, I think the next step is to see can the offense get back to being crisp again, that that I think is the next step.
1: I want to circle back to one thing, Chris, and bring up the safety position. So we're going to dive back into the depth chart real quick. I wanted to get your opinion on Jason Pinnock, who seems to be, I don't want to say solidifying himself as the starting safety next to Xavier McKinney, but if you were to have betting odds on it, it would be in the negatives. It would be minus at this point because he has started several practices at safety, not Bobby McCain, not Nick McLeod, not Dane Belton, but Jason Pinnock. A lot of people kind of expected this guy was just a special teamer who was the blitzing safety. We saw the crazy one-handed interception, and it seems like at just 24 years old with some elite athletic testing and good length, he could be the starting safety or at least the safety to get the first crack at it. It's probably going to be a platoon situation. So what's your opinion on the ascension of Jason Pinnock through training camp?
2: Yeah, if Trey Hawkins was the biggest surprise, you know, as a six-round rookie, Pinnock basically leapfrogging Bobby McCain, Dane Belton, and Nick McLeod, who was getting the reps with the ones through OTAs and mini camp. That is, I think, the second biggest surprise, at least on the defensive side of the ball. Now, we don't get access to a significant chunk of camp. We we don't sit in the classrooms with with guys. We, we don't know how the various players are are comporting themselves when they're not on the practice field. But seeing Pinnock out there, yeah, you have to imagine he is the one who has been really impressing behind the scenes in the classroom, all of that, all of the, the stuff that we don't get to see. The fact that he is elevating his game. And of course I think the the highlight reel interceptions, those don't hurt particularly considering how really turnover starved the Giants defense was last year.
1: It was so turnover starved. six interceptions Chris ranked last along with the Raiders Julian Love, I think had a third of those interceptions, which is only two which I think was tied or was the lead. The Giants just could not create turnovers on a defense that is predicated on applying pressure, which usually forces quarterbacks into some dumb decisions. So that has to have some positive aggression right like that has to turn around a little bit you need to be able to seize those turnovers so before we get out of here maybe we'll see some of those turnovers against jared Goff in the lions practice if you had to name the number one thing that you are excited to see or you want to see other than no injuries in these practices with the detroit lions what would that one thing be
2: i would have to say no injuries yeah i'm i'm ignoring that rule right away because that that doesn't even go without saying it has to be said, just stay healthy, no injuries. Let's get on to next week and out of the preseason healthy. That would be, that is goal number one right now. But as far as what I would like to see from the practices with the Lions, I would, I'd like to see them be competitive without turning into a brawl out there because, you know, Things getting overly heated, overly physical, that doesn't help anybody. I want to see the defense give the Lions offense problems because the Lions offense is, it was one of the best in the NFL last year. You know, they've got Amon Ross St. Brown, they've got uh, Williams, who came back from an injury. I want to see the Giants secondary match up against those guys. I want to see the linebackers go match up against Jameer Gibbs, the rookie running back that I think is going to be very, very interesting and very instructive for this linebacking core and the safeties as well. And I want to see the giants own offense against the lions defense. In particular, the giants running game against the lions defensive front, which they have sunk. They've tried to upgrade it, which they needed to, and all, and also with that new linebacker they've got, that with Lucas Vanessa no, sorry, not Lucas Vanessa. Jack Campbell, the other Jack Iowa. Campbell. Yes, <laughs> I got my Hawkeyes. Just prototypical Hawkeyes, confused there for a second. Yeah, I want to see see the Giants' running game against Jack Campbell because he was the definitive old school downhill thumping linebacker. And he turned out to be a hell of a lot more athletic than we thought he was going to be. So I I think whatever we can get out of that matchup will be pretty instructive as well. Yeah. I, I'm not expecting too many revelations about the nature of the offense or defense, but I, I just, I want to see these individual matchups and whether or not the giants can make themselves better because of them.
1: So I want to see Aiden Hutchinson be contained by Evan Neal if Evan Neal is able to practice if he does come off the concussion protocol. Now if he's not out of the concussion protocol, I would just like to see Aiden Hutchinson contained at all. One other thing (laughs) too, the the Lions just acquired a player. They signed him, I believe from the Eagles who is first team all chirp? His name is CJ Gardner Johnson. When he was <laughs> in college at Florida, he was first team all chirp. He got into several altercations when he was on the Saints with opposing players. He he just gets into people's heads. He's a very he's very good trash talker. I want to see the Giants not be affected by CJ Gardner Johnson. If he is out there, I think he was dealing with something earlier in training camp. I believe he's gonna be out there because he's gonna be in the slot. And he's going to be manning responsibilities that could include Jalen Hyatt, who is a young player. So I want to see Jalen Hyatt handle that. And I also want to see some explosive plays like we've seen through training camp with Jalen Hyatt. Most of all, just don't get injured. That's, that's my primary thing. And then one other thing, when the Giants saw this team last season... Aline McNeil, I think, had like eight or nine freaking pressures for whatever reason. He just like he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. Third round pick in 2021, but he was amazing against the New York Giants yes. last year. I hope John Michael Schmitz can shut down Aline McNeil. He might not see him too often because Isaiah Bugs is going to be the nose tackle. But last season they aligned Aline McNeil a lot as a zero and a one shade. So if John Michael Schmitz gets to go up against Ali McNeil, shut him down in team periods and don't allow him to embarrass us like he did last season.
2: Yeah, that that would be great. And also the potential Pinay Sewell, Kayvon Thibodeau matchup, you know, old teammates. Yeah, I fully expect to see them, you know, hug it out on the field. But if they get a one-on-one against each other, that's, I, I sincerely hope that winds up on Twitter or whatever that uh, platform calls itself now. <laughs> Z-
1: winds up on zitter? X. yes let's have that zitter <laughs> <laughs> line up on x because you have anything else before we get out of here
2: no i think that i think that about covers it we'll be back later in the week recap these practices and then get ready for preseason football
1: can't wait for preseason football thank you everyone for tuning into the chris and nick show here on big blue view radio please if you have not done so already like subscribe and comment On the podcast, wherever you get this podcast, and head on over to bigblueview.com. Check out all of our written content. Thank you, everyone, and have a lovely day.
0: More to dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all in one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier.